When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. I have to wonder what percentage of our beloved listeners are hearing our voices for the first time after the Chiefs lost to the Bengals. Like, we did a whole episode on Monday that I haven't seen the numbers or anything, but just based off our Twitter mentions, I have to think a a handful (laughs) of you have skipped over and have arrived here at, I guess, this edition of Times Ours. Josh Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, the gang's all here. Maybe this is our kickoff of the 2022 yep, season, yep, offseason, uh-huh. preseason. I don't I don't like starting this whenever there's still a football game to be played, guys. I, I Bingle and Bingles Rams is such a weird Super Bowl. I, I don't um, like this. Hello everyone. It's uh <laughs> it's quite a joy to be with you. Uh look, I, I saw so many um just heartwarming messages. Uh, on on Twitter, I can't obviously get to all of them, but I've seen most of them. Uh, so thank you if you allowed the three of us to be your, um, your you know your therapists, your counselors, your you know hey you know your football pastors, where we just sort of explain the, like the idea that? that like life will go on. <laughs> this is a valuable learning lesson. Enjoy the good times, feel the bad things, um, and there's mm-hmm. still there's still sun rising uh on the next day but yeah i i you know if you're the person who didn't want to do that that's fine our doors are always open to anyone uh come as you are and just realize that a lot of things are going to change around this team before before september (laughs) before september kicks off um i think it was our i think it was our our guy pete sweeney and he sort of Maybe shiver, but I think he, he I think he said training camp started in less than two hundred days, and I was like, "Sir, why? Why are you? Whoa. Why are you telling me this?" I think he said, "I'm not ready to sweat in that <laughs> tent that soon." I think. Look, well, I'm I'm excited to see. Oh, you do all. some people get to sit in the tent? <laughs> <laughs> Real, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm getting yeah. I'm getting more. I've decided <laughs> I'm going to get more and more froggy every year. Just like. I'm gonna you start. Should. I'm gonna you start. Should. What are they gonna do? Names. Not let you in the. <laughs> what are they gonna do? Not let me sit in the fan section, <laughs> sir. Your money's no good here. Like, you're gonna get. You're gonna get X factored, man. They're gonna put your face up on some billboards this and say, man, "Do not let either yeah, of these two men you know, in." Like, yeah. Look, I mean, the news is what it is, but what are the cars that I'm gonna have to start pulling out? Because it's in the deck, ladies and gentlemen, is, look, man, my publication is owned by the New York Times. What I got to do? Nice. What I got to say? Yeah. How, huh? how can we get another individual huh? in the building? <laughs> so, look. Do we get, like, premium Wordle subscriptions now, by the way? That's my biggest yeah, they, 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 I love they, Wordle. They, uh, obviously, you know, uh, congratulations to everybody who subscribes to the New York Times, who now subscribes to The Athletic. I think they're figuring this all out. Um, but, no, it, uh, you know. 
we provide a value that is uh, that is truly dependent upon people um, realizing that value and uh, being willing to pay for it. And it's a great honor to read or hear people as to why they subscribe and that the three of us are a part of that reason, which is obviously like overwhelming at times. Um, but yeah, they did that. And then they were like, oh, there's this who there's this new hot game on, in the streets. Who who out here? <laughs> What's what? Curdle? Colonel? <laughs> Bernal? Oh, Wordle. Oh, okay. What what street they on? Mm-hmm. Can you can you point me in the direction? And then they got then they, then they got their hands on the game and they were like, "Yeah, we need to call our lawyers. How much money we got? How how much? Look, mm-hmm. so I got a thirty day streak going right now. I, I mean, or anything, I mean, but. Holly just is in my face in the morning. Like, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? And I'm like, maybe maybe I can answer some calls or just get my son to school. <laughs> but but look, uh. I guess the analogy is uh, we, you know, free agency began before it began, and we're just here. And I'm just so excited for yep. in person combine, in person uh, owners meetings, which, whoo-wee! oh, and oh, are those happening still for they, sure? They, are you sure? They, they we got on confirmation. The calendar, Josh, they on the calendar, and okay. uh, right now, <laughs> and <laughs> with pending litigation, and. Look, I'm looking forward to hugging both of you guys in sweaty St. Joseph one more time in 170 <laughs> some odd days from now. <laughs> Seth, how are you feeling right now? I know I, the people wanting to run away from Chiefs Bengals talk aren't going to get all the way away because you just published maybe the saddest thing I've ever seen you write no. today. I, I viewed it as hopeful. Sort of. I know, but I did. I, I saw you frame it that way at the top. I was like, oh, maybe this won't be so bad. And then I still got really no, sad. Well, I mean, anytime you write an article that's labeled, How? what? How? Why? <laughs> that's bad. Because I did read it in that specific voice. It is. <laughs> yes. it, it, well, it just is like that. I mean, you watched a guy go from playing maybe better than he played against the Bills somehow. Like, just literally perfect quarterback play. For an entire half minus one snap. And even that's so okay. Well, how do you want to do this, Josh? You want me to tell you how I'm doing? Do you want to break down the article? Because I wanna I understand that the minute people start hearing me talk about Mahomes, we just lost half of our listeners. They're like, nope, can't do it. Well, I had someone unsubscribed very apologetically to me. Uh, from from the Chief of the North newsletter oh, saying, no. I will be back in training camp. It hurts too much. Oh anyone no. listening, please don't do that. It hurts my feelings. Like mute me for a day or two anything but that like like i'm gonna be writing about orlando brown snaps we write about free agency we write about the salary cap you want to hear this free agency is in six weeks just you know pitchers and cat there might be free agency before we see pitchers and catchers guys like just just hang on for dear life yeah i have ideas i have lots of ideas (laughs) and so i'm just Go buy the new Pokemon game, play that come for back. two weeks, and come back. It'll really, it'll really and rejuvenate. So you. I don't know how you want me to do this. Um, I'm doing well. I'm actually. It was really hard. Um, like in the sense, you know, by really hard. Let's you know have perspective with all this. Hardest job you've yeah, ever had. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Literally made a social worker super uncomfortable after hearing earlier this week, or no, it was last week Thursday when I got off the Zoom call and burst into tears in front of her. That was awesome, but you haven't you haven't done that after a times ours. Right? <laughs> I usually well up during times ours. Yeah, so, 
It's why we don't yeah. talk about running so backs anymore. When I say when I say really well, look, they could have had T. Higgins. I mean, that's the point you've been trying to make for a couple of years. And the reality is, with the way they've chosen to use Clyde, who actually played well when he got the ball on Sunday. And yeah. it's like, boy, if yeah. there was ever that almost makes if there worse. was ever a game <laughs> where they could have justified the investment in Clyde, that was it. That was the okay. Man, we're midway through the third. We've had a couple drives. Patrick's clearly going through some stuff right now. Whatever it is, right? Hey, we got this old line. Clyde, he is like, he was just like the first three dudes that hit him. He's like, no, I don't think I will. He was like Captain America at the end. Like people are coming up to him and tackling him. He's like, no, I don't think I will. I think I'm going to go another three or four (laughs) yards here. That was the game, right? (laughs) Remember we talked about this where you can make the difference in individual games. This was it. This was the, uh-huh. we're going to yeah. hand the ball off to you. And Nate, you talked about this on Monday. We're going to give Pat a break for a, for a, a drive. Let him mentally just, and show him that we can pick up these first downs and, and move the ball a little bit without him being a superhero. Let the offensive line have some fun. Then maybe run a few bootleg play actions, get him moving a little bit. This was the game. And they were like, you know what we're going to do instead? We're going to play exactly into what they want us to do. So that's just a complete side note. But it was really hard watching Mahomes' snaps because it was actually harder for me to watch the first half than the second half because he was so good. Like re-watching the first yeah. half, I had to keep reminding myself they lost this game because they were unstoppable. Oh, and, and here, little th- little tidbit. This whole, oh man, you know, man, this genius move by the Bengals to drop eight and rush three. They were trying that in the first half too, and they got diced. Cooked. They just got absolutely cooked because you know what Mahomes did when they did that? It was three or four snaps. On two of them, I'm trying to remember this. On two of them, he immediately, I mean, we're talking immediately read the zone and said, oh, well, Byron Pringle's open for the easiest eight yards ever. Oh, Tyreek Hill's open for this easy eight yards. And then on another one, he's like, oh, there's just three dudes. I'm going to stand here completely immobile in the pocket and just watch my guys just dominate these three rushers. Because the Chiefs offensive line, they are not built to be rushed by three dudes. Like, when you let both Creed Humphrey and Joe Tooney get a hold of a guy, they go nowhere. And that lets Trey Smith hit people while they're already engaged with someone. And Orlando Brown, he got beat real bad by Trey Hendrickson once, but he also did some terrible things to that man. Like, just throwing him to the ground and bodies. It was great. And he just sat there and was like, I'm just going to wait for Tyreek Hill to run to that open zone. And he just sat there and waited and bombs away. And then, the I, I don't know what happened. Um... So I, I don't know exactly how you want me to go through it, Josh. If you want me to go through it drive by drive, you want me to go through what I think the problem was <laughs> and how it started. I want to only be able to do it in like a five-minute thing so we can talk about more fun stuff. Right. We got a bunch of questions Sweet. also. Plus, I want to talk about Brad Veach's press conference and uh, a, a bunch of things. Mike Kafka's gone. But there are still plenty okay. of things that we'll, we'll get to. But yeah, I mean, I want you to – this is really vague and you've started, but like – Tell me sure. what happened. Like, a, a, what you're not just what you saw, but in, in, in the context and the story of, you know, again, putting that first and second half side by side, which made me even more sad for the reasons you just laid out because it was so it was good. So first, good. Mm. It's all very, it's just huge bummers. Uh, but I, I want to know, I want to know what you saw and why you think sure. you saw that. So let's start with the play that everyone's blaming it on the last play of the first half. Everyone's mad at Mahomes for throwing the ball to Hill in bounds, which makes sense. 
But when you really watch the play develop, there's a it's such a weird play. I don't know why Hill turns inside towards Mahomes rather than sprinting out and waiting. And if you look at the play, if you freeze it, where you see Mahomes is clearly reading Apple, it wasn't an RPO. He was never going to hand that off to McKinnon. And had he, the two guys, there were two guys that would have filled the gap. They backed out because they saw McKinnon didn't have the ball. He was reading Eli Apple and, and Hill was a couple yards ahead of him and closer to the end zone. Nine times out of 10, Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown there. So I actually wasn't too mad about that decision after watching it. But that did seem to be, maybe that was the start, but I'm I'm almost convinced that where it started was that, and I think maybe Reed gave him a little hell over it. I don't know. But we've seen Mahomes bounce back from bad plays. He threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen against Washington, then proceeded to throw like 18 touchdown passes or whatever it was. But then the first drive of the second half, Hill, Kelsey, back-to-back drops. Tough catches, but drops. And then things just were different. Um, And so the easiest thing I would say is that it really wasn't – everyone's like, oh, things went south after halftime. They didn't. He made – after a bumbled snap, and he made a pretty good throw to Kelsey despite his feet, like, glitching underneath him. He made a great throw to Hill. They couldn't win the contested. Uh, Bengals score. They get the ball back. And – on second, on the first down, when they get the ball back, they get the ball back to like the six, seven yard line. Or maybe the defense forced a punt. They forced a punt. Yes, they did. I am not mad at the defense here. The Chiefs, they gave it away. Yeah. They're tw- up. They were up twenty-one to ten. Three and out punt. Defense is like, we got you guys. Got them the ball back, and this was the play. First and ten. They're inside their own ten yard line. They run. A, not really a Mills concept because Hill's running a go more so than the than a post, a pure right. post. Explain right, that right, right. Explain that. Explain that. Um, so a Mills concept is essentially where you've got two receivers on the same side of the field. The boundary receiver, the guy on the outside, he runs a post, which is a, a just a really deep route, deep essentially post, a go. Yeah, a, a deep yeah, post, deep post mm-hmm. yeah. to pull a safety from over the top. And then the slot receiver runs a uh, whether you want to call it a deep crosser, a deep in, a deep dig, not really a deep dig, but where I, I don't get hung up on terminology because I think that's stupid. So, yeah, you just said a phrase that I imagine was not necessarily second hand sure. everybody. So I figured no, I'd make, yeah. yeah. make, make sure you knew what you're talking about, not just say I, a I, phrase, I, you know. Now over here, over to the left, he had yeah. a wagon to do it. I call him I call him deep overs because he's going yeah. over. Yep. You know, so it's sort of like a I don't know. It's it's not a deep crosser because i feel like that's slightly different but it's an over route where i'm supposed to Mm -hmm. you know make the safety live in hell yes and so what ends up happening when you're again single high in this situation sometimes against too high as well but for our purposes it was single high safety very deep he has to make a choice do i help the guy covering the fastest guy in the nfl running a go or it really was kind of a post, but it doesn't matter. And so when he commits, so what you're reading is the quarterback, you're reading the deep safety. And if he commits to helping on that deep route, then you have on that, that deep over, as Nate described it, which is way down the field. If he turns inside, running left, right, from the, from the right slot, if there's no one else in the vicinity, and there was not because they had Kelsey run a shallow route, they have all the field to run through and compounding that it's a it's a it's a beautiful play and that's like fyi andy reed made one at least hugely critical mistake in this game deserves criticism for that but it's not like the throws weren't there in the second half there were some throws there guys and this was one of them where in compounding it 
the the cornerback guarding Hardman out of the slot thinks he has safety help, and he's playing outside leverage. So when Hardman turns inside, Hardman has, I mean, the entire field wide open to the point where a good throw is a touchdown, an average throw is probably a touchdown, and a bad throw is probably a 25-yard gain. Like, you would need a horrific throw to not gain yards there. And in the meantime, the pocket isn't bad. Every line, every lineman wins his rep. Um, and Mahomes just steps up farther in the pocket than he should, takes his eyes off the safety, kind of bounces into his own lineman, into Trey Smith, and checks down. And it was a weird play because that was it. That was the play, in my opinion, where things started. Because you know Mahomes saw that when he got to the sideline or maybe even after the play. That was it. Like, you know, Cincinnati had kind of made their run. This was their chance to, like, you know, be the Warriors, right? To, okay, you're starting to make your yeah. run and I'm going to bury you. And that they've done – Mahomes has done this his whole career when teams start to make runs and then he, they hit them with some 80-yard touchdown or even like some 50-yard non-touchdown and that the run's over and teams stop believing. But they didn't hit it and then, you know, a few plays later they had to punt. And that – and the reason I'm talking about that so in-depth because there were that play and then a couple other plays that aren't getting talked about as much. Everyone at this point has talked about him missing Kelsey and Pringle on yeah. third and nine. At yeah. the, and, and he did. He just did. Kelsey pulled, he missed Pringle twice, really. Because yeah. Kelsey pulled the coverage and Pringle, I mean, you can see Pringle bouncing for a second, like, come on. And then he runs back to his balls, got missed there too. So the, that's one play that where you see it, he just wasn't pulling the trigger. And then I showed up multiple plays where they're rushing three and rather than sitting in the pocket, which is exactly what he did in the first half, is why it's so confusing to me. In the first half, when they rushed three, he killed it. In the second half, he got antsy and started moving around and opened up rushing lanes, creating pressure on his own several times. And because you've got eight guys in coverage, if there's pressure with three, that can just kill a play. And the Bengals were doing a good job playing underneath zones and spying him with those guys. So those two plays kind of define it in the way, those two types of plays, right? That kind of defines the problem. And then one more that I won't talk about for too long, but everyone wants to talk about third and nine, right? After Mahomes took a sack. I'm looking at second and four, second and three or whatever it was on Mm. the goal line regulation. There's over a minute left. Just run the ball. And that that they they really could have. Yep. Um, Because that starts the clock and it it just puts the – it's theoretically supposed to move you closer to the goal line and it starts the clock and – if you don't right. score, it does make the third down play call somewhat easier than now we've taken a sack and they know we're throwing the football. Right, in third and nine. Nope, it absolutely. They 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 galaxy brained it there. They didn't gain a lot of yards their first run, and I get that. But you try it twice, you've got that good an offensive lineman. So that's something Andy Reid's absolutely to blame for. Here's the problem with completely blaming Reid for that second down failing. It looks like it's an RPO, I think. I could be wrong. But Hardman hangs for just a second like he's blocking and then sprints towards the front left of the end zone. In the front left corner. And he's there. That now mm-hmm. now the, the corner actually does a pretty good job closing on it, but the throw is there to where if you put on the outside shoulder, you've got two possibilities. One, he you know, or three possibilities. Maybe he drops it, maybe it's incomplete. Right. Maybe he gets tackled just short of the end zone, but then you've moved the ball to like the one inch yard line. Or he scores. Yep. Now, do you want to score that early? Not really, but 
it's a lot better than kicking a field goal. Yes. And Mahomes doesn't pull the trigger there, just like he doesn't pull the trigger on third down. And so that's that play also to me, just as much as that third nine and these other plays that everyone noticed, the, the play at the end of the half wasn't even close to his worst play of the game. I can see the thought process he had there, right? He took a shot with Hill because he's like, man, I trust Hill to make a play. And then like the rest of the game, he did not trust anyone to make a play. After the after Kelsey and Hill had their drops. And then to be fit including his entire including, offensive line, which I know you've mentioned a couple times, but man, that part freaks me out. Like that's the part that like you you have the takeaway. And look, people have to read this story. I've been I've been looping these gifts. I mean, Renee and I watched Groundhog Day last night because it was Groundhog Day. She had never seen it. I hadn't seen it in a while. Um but so I've been thinking about Groundhog Day all day today. And watching these loops, these looped gifts over and over and over again are giving me sort of this like active deja vu <laughs> that I'm getting really sick of because it's just absolutely turning my brain to pudding. Because it's like he's right there. He has the angle. Um but it I people have to go go read the story, but like it's it's all of those. It's not trusting the playmakers, and just looking like like a squirrel in the pocket. He was like jittery. Just, we, we, and and here's jittery. the yes. I also can literally see a squirrel. <laughs> uh, right now. It, it's worth why my why my references are so critter. It's worth today. noting that he pulled it together on that last drive of regulation and made some really good reads and throws. Because you got to remember, they marched down the field, and mm-hmm. I I would have bet anything on them scoring because he looked, he was back. And it's also worth noting the final play of overtime. He threw a pretty much a pass, a, a dime to Tyreek Hill. Perfect pass. All Tyreek Hill had to do was beat an over the top safety. And, and, and the state Bates made a great play, but had Hill. And we talked about this on Monday had Hill timed his jump better and snatched the ball out of the air. Right now we would not be watching the chiefs at the pro bowl. In all likelihood. So here, so there's an interesting couple things that happened here. And I want to make really clear. Mahomes didn't play quite as badly as consistently as I thought he did. This was not like, like the Titans game where he was just bad. Like every snap. He had good snaps in the second half. Here's the problem. He, was, he had way too many bad snaps. Way more than normal. And because of those bad snaps and because no one else stepped up. Every play became incredibly important because when you go three and out or, you know, four and out and then three and out and four and out and then interception, guess what? You've got like 12 plays total. And now every play becomes exponentially more important. So it wasn't just Mahomes. Kelsey and Hill both had moments where they just kind of, they, they let it down. They got to make a couple plays. Orlando Brown, who overall played an excellent game on one third down, just yep. got beat. He got, and got beat by a good player, which you have to yep. acknowledge too. Yes. Yep, but got beat by a good player. And the Bengals, they made it hard. They they did a good job. The throws were there, but they were tough and they were contested. But that's where Hill and Kelsey, they got to win that when the ball's on point. Um, Mahomes missing Byron Pringle on an out route by like another foot inside, and that's probably caught. Like those things become so much more important when it's a close game and when you only have a few plays and you only have a few plays because you keep screwing up and then you can't fix it, but then you only have a few plays and it just tightened and tightened and tightened and no one stepped up. And that's where they didn't need Mahomes to Mahomes. They needed him to really do most of the stuff in the second half and he couldn't normally he can but man, it would have been nice for them to put Mahomes in a position where he didn't need to be great. He just needed to make a few great plays because he made a few great plays. But they needed him to be great, and he wasn't. 
And so why did it happen? I just think he tightened up. I think, which is so weird. You know, it's like, it's, it's not like we've seen, it's not like we've seen this coming. You know, it's not one of those quarterbacks you see have, you know, in a big game, something weird happens. It also wasn't his first rodeo. Right. So that, I hope sums it up. That was a lot of me talking. I hope people read the article. I did unlock it for everyone because I know it sounds horrible to read about, but I do think it's cathartic to read about and to see. And because, and it's hopeful for me because it's one half of football could have been better. Everything that Mahomes has struggled with his entire career, he has come back better. And so I don't see it. It's not like the systemic issue within the offense, in my opinion. Mm. Nate, do you want to add anything specifically to that, or you want to try to keep it moving here? I, yeah, I want to ask about Brett Veach's press let, conference. Let's talk about and, Veach for a second. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, so so he spoke to the media on Tuesday. It was the first time we'd heard from him in a while. I, he had a, a series of interesting things, I thought, and a, a few things that also will will come up whenever we get to kind of the mailbag half. But what, what jumped out to you? I've got a couple um, things as well. He did not. He mentioned Frank's. He mentioned Frank Clark's name twice. Um, he said the defensive line was probably their biggest priority as of right now. And unlike some GMs, you kind of have to take him for his word because he does that. because. At the end of last year's Super Bowl, he said, "Man, we got to change. We got to we got to fix this O line." Um, and then they did it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and they made some, you know, un uh, unpleasant moves to get the process started. Uh, so those two things are kind of tied together. The fact that he did he, he he spent more time, and this was partly because we asked him as a as a media group the, the question, but he spent more time talking about Melvin Ingram than he did Frank Clark and Jaron Reed. And that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And you can take that moving forward, understanding the context of what happened a year ago. Now, Josh, I waited, I believe, 36 minutes. To, to, yes, to, you were late. <laughs> you were late. To ask the question that you've been wanting to ask all season. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I get... I didn't ask it like this, but, I, but the understanding is, hey, I get that with Spagnuolo as your defensive coordinator... Um, and with quarterback play having such an such a significance in terms of the impact of the outcome of important games, yes, you want a defensive line that can get to the quarterback in the easiest possible manner, you know, with a little sprinkle, you know, splash, padash of Spagnolo going full Spagnolo. I get that. Hey man, they got Jamar Chase on their team. Hey man, mm. they <laughs> like Gabriel Davis is a thing. Hey man, uh have you seen Mike Williams? If he if he's not on your team? So I asked him about the cornerbacks. He went through a pretty lengthy process that I can't wait to write about. Um and, and even more also just a huge shout out to whoever it, it with the Chiefs transcribes these things because they, they did, did God's some work on <laughs> yeah, God's work. That man speaks in yes. paragraphs. It's, it's great. And I love I, I yes. love that. Uh yes. Not a complaint. But in essence, you know, as I wrote, uh, I believe on Tuesday, we could do the sexy thing, which is go get me a number three receiver, which is what everybody's been screaming mm-hmm. since I don't know the day Sammy Watkins walked out that door. Uh, even though yep. you know people were like, "Can he stay on the field?" Which was a legitimate question. But yes, it's another year of Travis Kelsey, who's going into I believe year ten. Um, it's another year of Tyreek Hill who's going into, I believe, year seven. Um, 
man, that doesn't seem right for either. So it, it, it's sensible that you would want to, you know, do the more exciting thing, which is like, hey, um, let's go get that third option, whether it's in the draft or free agency. I kind of get the feeling, fellas, and I haven't looked at it completely, but I get the feeling that this year's free agency class, I don't know if I'll like it the same at receiver the way I liked it the last two years. Mm. Um, now, we still have to wonder about who's going to get franchise tagged and if somebody's going to sign an extension before uh, before free agency truly starts, which I believe is March 14th. Um, and, and so th- there, there might be some things that, that happen between now and then. But uh, you could do that, or you could just systematically change the entire defense one one step at a time um and it sounds like as i wrote in the athletic it sounds like they're gonna have to retool this defense because this defense was well compensated but yet kind of old ish yep and not Mm -hmm. as productive as the financial investment was made looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Here's here's a, a fun little Easter egg on, on the defensive side. I might be leaving somebody out of this that I should be including, so so forgive me if I am. But I, I think I've got 14 guys on defense that, I, that this year, or at least by the end of the year, were more or less starters or heavy contributors. I, I'll give you the list in a second, but that number is at or around 14. And of the 14 names I have written down right now, eight of them are set to be unrestricted free agents. Eight of them. That is, or, or or could be on their way out for other reasons. Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, Anthony Hitchens, Jaron Reed, Traverius Ward, Dan Sorensen, Tyron Matthew, Derek Nottie. That is eight. That is not counting then Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed, Rashad Fenton, Juan Thornhill, yep. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. That's pretty much everybody, I think. There, there are some, you know, not to, not to bleep on Mike Dana or anything, but those are eight dudes and four defensive linemen. So, That's a lot. I'm just gonna say it in, in pretty simple terms, guys, and tell me if I'm if I'm wrong here, if the thought process isn't conventional. That player you want, you you're gonna you're gonna need to start to hope that he falls in the draft, because mm-hmm. the quicker fix is probably signing veteran defensive players who are smart, capable, who are eager to be on a championship contender versus let's go sign Juju Smith-Schuster, which by all means, do what you got to do, but he's not the third option you mm-hmm. think he is, at least to me, mm-hmm. um, understanding the framework of the offense. Is that fair? I think so. I mean, I I can get I can get excited about any free agent class of receivers personally. Seth, where are you at? <sighs> sign Chris Godwin and figure out the rest later. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> You think? You, by the way, do you, do you do you truly believe that Tampa Bay, not knowing who their quarterback is for obvious reasons, will let him get away? Because that would seem that would seem uncouth for them. Uh, uncouth. <laughs> that was a really good word. Uh, yeah, and, then, and so you got a lot of guys who might not hit the market. Correct. But and but then you also have guys like you. You got guys that are coming off of maybe a down year, like like Allen Robinson, who's only twenty eight, and who, by the way, was like get 
me out of here a year ago. Yeah. A year ago mm-hmm. this time, this man was like, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Please don't, like, what I got to do to not get tagged? And they were like, nothing. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. But, and, and that's the thing. You're going to have guys that, are, that, are, that might get franchised, but Allen Robinson probably isn't one of them. Yes, he cannot. He cannot be franchised again. Uh, right. They got bigger problems, which Ryan Poles now understands. Whoa! I need some linemen. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I just, I, I the 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 defensive overhaul thing. Here's the thing for me: when you read off that list, of that list, and I mean this with all due respect to the players on that list, you had three guys there that were above average players this year. Right? I mean, uh, Melvin Ingram, yes. Tyron Matthew, mm-hmm. Charvarius mm-hmm. Ward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone else, like, you can find dudes that can do what Frank Clark did this year outside of a stretch of about four games. And boy, did you see the difference in the defense when he was playing well. But that just yep. is what it is. Melvin Ingram outplayed him this year. And that's, and that's not because yeah. Ingram was a superstar. It's because Ingram was good consistently. And so while those names concern me, I honestly, I don't care who they put on the field instead of Dan Sorensen. I don't care who. And that's where, and, and like, you know, and Jaron Reed, he, he started to come around. He'll be back actually though, Seth. So that's, yeah, yeah I know but. they'll probably resign him to like an eight year deal. Um, they're just, <laughs> there's not a lot of um, impossible to replace or even difficult to replace in my opinion uh, on that list. I think Ward's a big deal. Because of what they asked their corners mm-hmm. to do. He, he, and by the way, Brett Veach did mention his name unpromptly. Right. Uh, even though I asked, I, I think mm-hmm. I said to him, like, obviously understanding that that Traverius is is entering on free agency. Um, and then he went on to talk about Traverius for quite a bit, which tells you that, like, yeah, they, they know they've been kind of, like, getting away with it for a couple years at the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. And Josh, look, if you want to apply for a front office position with the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> this might be your opening your opening argument, sir. It's like you might want to invest <laughs> in a second round corner. <laughs> I think as soon as I got any power, I would start talking myself into the name I almost said earlier, which is that like look, he's going into his fifth year option and it would take a high draft pick. It's a bad idea, but I do want to see Calvin Ridley just be a chief, you know? That that's where that's why I think why I should not be allowed any power mm, in yeah. those situations. I would not be able to help myself. I I get it because like Calvin Ridley, that would be an awesome fit. His his skill set his skill set is it's it's Sammy Watkins' skill set. Only he's better than Sammy was at that point in his career. Although I would not have guessed. You said Allen Robinson's only twenty eight. Ridley's going into his year twenty eight season. That would not, right. I would have gotten that wrong. He just yeah. turned 27. And, and guess, hey, so. by the way, welcome to the offseason. The speculation, the, oh, the fun. God. Because there's stuff they can do. And just at some point, I know we've got um, – I know we've – we Wait, got questions. questions. Can this, I we just can't talk about Allen Robinson and Calvin. I can't believe I said Calvin. You know what? <laughs> you, know, you, you know what? Devontae Adams is a free agent. I'm just – No! <laughs> I – can I be honest? Wait, by the way, by the way. Does he have a quarterback? I don't think he does. No, sir. He, let me just say now, if he goes to Denver, you know Aaron's going to be like, get me Devontae, like now. And they'll probably say, yes, sir. Um, but let you, me just. You mean, you mean that person is is is, is named Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> how yeah. many? How you, many? Is look, he familiar look, with Devontae? What was his last job? Does anyone know what know. he used to do? Look, 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 look. Just how many times did he say in an interview where maybe they showed up on time? Uh, 
(laughs) (laughs) I will do what it takes. I will do what it takes. Hey, can somebody look? I've already looked up the weather report. It is, it is, it's nicer where we are right now. Like, hey, mountains, uh, you know, (laughs) roster looking kind of good. Uh, Mm I can't talk about him, sir, because he is not on your team. But as soon yep. as we leave this room, you could ask me about him. Yeah. As soon as I'm away from the media, I would love to talk about him. I'm just let – me, let me just say if the Chiefs were to splurge big – now, do I think Devontae Adams would actually be on the table? No, I don't. Um, but it would be hilarious. I can't believe we're doing this. It's February yes, I love it. This is – and. This is the let's quadruple down on the offense and get all the he can't keep getting away with this gifts flying on Twitter Mm -hmm. when they somehow sign someone that no one's expecting. Bring over Mike Williams. He's a different type of dude than anyone else they have. Go nuts. I just that that's my contribution. And I also want to contribute just real quick. Right now I'm sitting at the over the cap cap calculator. I have clicked three buttons and the Chiefs have $60 million in cap space next year. And so now they, they fill up like, you know, 15, 20 million of that, filling out the roster with some veteran minimum signings. But the money's there, guys, you to wanna, make a couple splashes. You, you want to tell everybody what you did there in those three clicks, Seth? Uh, I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me that, Nate. Um, okay, well, let's, let's move it on. Let's, oh, no, no, this, oh. is, this is easy. These, these three clicks... Um, Patrick Mahomes, they're called guaranteed mechanisms or yep. whatever it is. That that restructuring, everyone's like, you know, this year it's going to be $35 million. Nope, it's going to be probably between 13 and $15 million. Just wait. And it's built that way. And you cut Anthony Hitchens, you cut Frank Clark. Okay. Hey. You do those three things. And let me just say, people are like, well, Tyreek Hill needs to be extended. That'll create room in 2022. Now, mm-hmm. that, again, you know, you're going to have more or whatever, but you're also going to have not a need to fill. So 2022, his cap hit is $20 million. If he gets extended, that that even if they have a bigger than normal first-year hit, it'll get cut in half. And so let's say you, you extend Tyreek Hill, and now you've got $70 million in cap space. They have space. You know what? You know, Chris Jones, extend him. Because he's awesome and his cap, you know, expend, don't wait till the final year of his contract maybe to extend him because he's mm-hmm. got a massive cap hit. The money is there because his cap hit next year is like $29 million. I'm guessing they'll do something with that. So the, there is money there to make. It's not a money to like completely revamp the team or do anything crazy. But if they want to make a couple of splash signings, they absolutely have the room to do it. Because the guys that were their previous splash signings, those contracts have basically run their course and now the question is can you go two for two or you know three for three rather than i would argue kind of in some ways going one for three which is how they did with the uh hitchens clark matthew Mm. trifecta with it maybe more like one and a half yeah yeah i think that's more fair yeah yeah because clark did do some good very important things but he got outplayed by a guy basically on a veteran minimum this last year Legally, actually, was defined as a hostage. Uh, you guys yeah. have some questions? All right. I don't know that you guys have seen this. I haven't seen any any retweet action on it yet, so I'm going to assume that you haven't and actually try to introduce this segment with a theme song for this segment uh, by our guy Matthew Livingston, who tweeted this in, at Matrix System on Twitter. Here is our, uh, our theme song for the mailbag segment today. Let's do this. <laughs> we did not tiptoe to the Super Bowl. We unzipped our pants and in the second half. We zipped them right back up for some reason. 
The man doesn't miss. He simply has never missed. Never I once. I am not as good at anything in my life as he is at providing us joy. Which is as important as anything you can do in this life, I think, is to provide joy specifically to three of us. <laughs> I concur. Uh, let's uh, let's do some questions here, and I don't mean to sound so like sad about it. I love doing these question segments. I just know that lots of them are sad. Uh, let's let's start with Steve Fitzpatrick. My mic levels have really playing that off my phone has really screwed up the recording. I'd like to apologize to both Kent and the listeners who have to be very confused about why my mic levels have been so up and down the last uh, thirty seconds. Sorry, everybody. It's I mean it's kind of it's kind of an amateur podcast. Uh, let's. <laughs> Steve Fitzpatrick tweeted in, what, are, what off-season decision or decisions would give you the most confidence of avoiding another year with a misfiring offense? We've talked about the pass catchers. Is it solely in that department? Um, That's a really good question. I mean, in some ways, yes. But I, I ultimately think it comes down to the offensive line either staying at this level or with another year, particularly with, you know, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey. Uh, we'll see what happens with Lucas Niang. Um, if the offensive line can 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 stay intact and actually get slightly better or or even like a full level better, um, I think that could do wonders for the offense. Anything you'd add to that? Seth? No, I the the pass catcher thing would be the thing for me. Or if they, you know, hey, it's a really good tight end draft. I'm just saying, you want to combat some of the things teams are doing. Another tight end, and, you know, and and, and that's true because Blake Bell. Uh, I believe signed a one-year deal. Uh, so yep. So, yes, he's a free you agent. Know, and we know Noah Gray is capable. Um, so yeah, that that's a, that's a very good point. Um, we we covered some of this as well, but the last part of this question is my favorite new twist on it from Hoykus. Does it seem likely that KC will try to replicate their overhaul on the offensive line from last season with the defensive line this year? We've already talked about that just just a second ago. But then the follow up question is: Is there any hope of them finding as much as much success as they did with the offensive line? That offensive line got really good yeah. in one off season. There's a it's like Nate's buffering sound. It's like hearing it's like hearing dialogue. That and again, I would say that the chances last year were small and they hit. So so give them a ton of credit. But there's a chance that this cornerback mm-hmm. group um could be lights out if they make the proper draft evaluations. If someone mm-hmm. you know, there's not a ton of, of top level corners who are usually available in free agency, but if one is available, like, uh, and they play the sort of style that that Seth has sort of explained with with Spagnuolo's scheme, like, there's a there's a chance where like the cornerbacks are a strength versus like duct tape. If they have like seventy percent as much success with an overhaul of the defense as they did with the line. Like, given where they started, because the line was in much worse shape than the defense is right now. Yes. The line was a disaster. 
They lost their two best players by a mile, and the interior was was a mess. If they're seventy percent as successful as that, I mean, that would rule. That would be awesome. Like for them to be that successful, like on the defensive line, right? Let's say that's the major thing. That would mean like they like brought on like like the Cowboys get rid of Demarcus Lawrence and they bring him over or something like that level in order to have that big a turnaround, which by the way, they should totally do if the Cowboys move on from him. Well, and my, my follow on that would be that for the specifics of, is there hope of them having that kind of overhaul? I think our inclination there is probably not because that, that because it was so successful on yeah. the offensive side. And, and I think that doing that defense. Yeah, and this harder. year, and, and one of the reasons why I mentioned corners is if you just got two good corners that doubles what you already have mm-hmm. whereas in the offensive yeah. line category uh they were needing four of the five positions to have to need either massive upgrades or um you know replacements that were going to keep Patrick Mahomes healthy which by the way they accomplished so if there if there's a if there's a From position my, to do it i think it's cornerback versus anywhere else on the on the field mm-hmm. hmm that's interesting. Uh, from our friend Ethan Douglas, why was the run game not better? They've got high run block grades by PFF and is measured by ESPN's tracking metrics. They see the run-friendliest looks of any team because of Mahomes and yet are just middling in efficiency. I genuinely don't understand it. Does the scheme suck? No, but they do. And by the way, love you, Ethan. Miss you, bud. Uh, no, part of it is, and it kind of helped them at, at points of the year, and I, and I wonder what you guys think of this. Because there was so much... Uh, fluctuation as to who was the primary running back and the idea that the offensive line was learning and the coaching staff was learning about the offensive line, one would hope and or, as I am about to, assume that the running attack next year should be better. Um, it will be a problem if it's not. Uh, because, again, the offensive line stays intact and we know that they're good at run blocking, doing, doing all the uh, two-man just going forward. Uh, or, or or moving in space, um, I would bring back Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, let's hope Clyde is a little bit healthier and, and is better uh, equipped to have a, an even more productive season. And yeah, they should run the ball in advantages that are second and short, third and short, goal line situations. Um, I think that's a really great question. Also, hey, shout out to you, Ethan. You rock. Um, he's helped me with so many things in terms of trying to understand numbers and like math and stuff, which is hard. Um, <clears throat> I, I would say you never, you never asked me for help. With well, that. yeah, yeah, I oh. know. And, and you never asked me for okay. weight loss advice because I am not a man equipped to give it to anyone. <laughs> man, that was quite the self own there. Goodness. I really, yeah, really, I, I went up just for a free, let you take a free shot. and you. I just realized midway through though, that I was like, in a way you were kind of catching a stray there. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. That's yeah. not what I meant. No, that's good so point. sorry about that. Yeah, fair enough. That's all right. <laughs> now that I'm depressed. I'll just be, I'll just be over here chubby and dumb. Thanks, Seth. <laughs> but you're funny. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Why do we do this to each Why? other? Oh, I'm pay for that one. Nate, you're in charge of the Zoom. Can we just kick him out? We could probably get through more questions, too, if we get set. Hey, 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 hey. So this is actually a really good question from Ethan. I would say the scheme doesn't suck, but it wasn't terrific. Like, why did it take all season for them to to show Y insert? Like, to where you you, you know some of the, the things you guys are good at, 
but you're not, and you know what teams are doing in terms of light boxes and, and using an insert to, to, to have like the tight end come and fill the gap one-on-one against a linebacker. Like this is obvious stuff. And it's not like these are like, you know, groundbreaking things. Duo is not groundbreaking in the run game, but they kept insisting on running certain concepts. And I would say the, the, the offense being so based around RPOs, I think hurt their run game this year. And I'm curious if they're going to distance themselves a little more from it next year because I'm not sure the juice is necessarily is worth the squeeze when now you've got such a potentially good and varied rushing attack that yes. while it's not that important, you can see with how teams play the Chiefs and that ain't going to change. That's nope. not going to change. It's going to get worse next year unless the Chiefs like four games in have just destroyed teams doing it. Then they'll try something new again. That's how it works. Right. So um, th- I would say that that the scheme hasn't really fit the the blockers they have or the runners they have, and so in that sense, I think it does suck a little at times. Yeah, so it, it should be better from last year. And Josh, you remember um, we talked a ton about uh, those passes that were either potentially interceptable or passes where it just fell off guys' hands. In the scheme evaluation, mm-hmm. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are going to notice a lot of those plays came with RPO action. You know, one of the last interceptions mm-hmm. Mahomes threw in the regular season was a RPO where he 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 says it's ball placement. Tyree Kill had his hands on it. That that's just a clear RPO look. Uh, there were moments in the Washington game like that. Uh, I don't think a single RPO worked against Tennessee. So there's a chance hmm. where, uh, yeah. As I've always said, you could zig when everybody's zagging. Give me some of that 1990s eye formation, kids. It's there. It's there to be had. Is, is Michael Burton coming back? <laughs> <laughs> but because of he is, hey, man, you know, one tight end, two backs, eye formation that thing up. I wonder how many times they lined up in eye formation this year. I'd like to see the numbers on that. I bet it's not very many, uh, which is fine. They shouldn't be. That often, but I bet it's a comically small number. Uh, from uh, Todd C. Barton on Twitter, reaction to the Giants hiring Mike Kafka. It's uh, been uh, yes. tweeted out uh, officially here as well. Uh, he said, my reaction feels tempered by the team hiring and being away being the Giants. But, uh, you know, thoughts thoughts on him taking that job uh, and then also what that means specifically for the Chiefs. Well, um, this was bound to happen. It was going to happen. Uh, I think... Mm-hmm. Because Kafka was a free agent, essentially, uh, because his you know his contract was basically through the year. Um, some teams that, that kind of sniffed around, if I remember correctly, I think the Eagles were sort of interested last year. Um, you know, Mike Kafka is hot, y'all, hot on the streets. So mm-hmm. Andy Reid gave him a new title, gave him a little bit of more money. Hey, you can keep coaching Patrick Mahomes for a year, uh, which is by the way. Not a bad job, and that part will come around later. Um, but, yeah, I just think this was natural. It's unfortunate because people had been assuming that Mike Kafka would be the next offensive coordinator, the next man to be on the two-year hot train of a top-five offense <laughs> who just walked in the door and said, give me the job. Uh, so, he, if he – ladies and gentlemen, if Brian Dable – if Brian Dable – and Mike Kafka can turn 
What's his name around? Daniel Jones. Um, if they can turn Jones. Daniel Jones Daniel into Jones. he's basically Josh into Allen Danny already. Dimes, fully mm. a fully transformed Danny Dimes, then ladies and gentlemen, Mike Kaffin's gonna be a head coach in two years, and you can book it right now. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, do you have a feel for what the Chiefs are gonna do it at the the quarterback coach position? Is it gonna be an internal uh, promotion again? Are they gonna? I saw lots of people tweeting about Alex Smith. Uh, I don't know if Alex Smith wants yeah, that, that's that life I, that, right now. He that would like he's be chilling. that'd be asking a lot, but it would show how Alex really does have a love for the game, which has always been the case. Um, and obviously, him and Patrick have worked in a different capacity, but to great success. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, the quarterback position coach is a we've identified someone who is of talent and is an ascending coach so i don't necessarily see that as like a doug peterson thing who by the way could be the jacksonville head coach i don't see it as a matt Nagy thing because he's already been through it um and naturally those guys tend to go to like the offensive coordinator position and then try to obviously go back up just ask these spagnolo this um so some people have said, "Hey, Pep Hamilton, uh, you know he did some nice things with Justin Herbert. Um, you could kind of go that route, but it's usually someone young, uh, really smart. Um, Mike Kafka was a former quarterback, so that always helps. But I don't have a, I don't have an, I don't have an early. Uh, and again, this this news sort of was finalized today on Thursday, so I don't have a." Mm-hmm. I don't have a strong indication as to where they go, um, but I also know too that like it's a chance for Andy Reid to to um, perhaps add somebody to the staff who gives a slightly different flavor. But knowing that that person, at least in the first year, I think is going to be learning more from Patrick, Andy, and Eric mm-hmm. versus them sort of having an imprint. If that makes sense, at least early on. Yeah. I also I have absolutely no insight into this person, but David Girardi is the name of their past game analyst slash assistant quarterbacks coach. I j- I don't know how they feel about him. That's just a name that I figured I might as well say on the podcast one time. Uh, just if it if it comes up again, then you know. But um, Seth, now what do you think about? I don't really want to ask you about that. I'd rather ask you the next Let's question. Is that, that cool with you? Uh, from Connor Christofferson, do you think this is the offseason the Chiefs finally trim some of the fat on their roster where they don't bring back the Demarcus Robinsons and Daniel Sorensons? Ouch, of the man. Demarcus Robinson catching strays. Um, yeah, it's nice for him to be catching something. <laughs> oh, wow. So wow. unfair. Super yeah, unfair. He, he was I open re- on a backside. I, yes. <laughs> totally unfair, hey, man. It hey, was can just you run, a joke. Can, I'm sorry, Can you run that dino route to, to exceptional levels? Hey, man. Yep. Hey, you know what? Let let you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run backwards and go get that joke. <laughs> that I just made. I'm gonna throw it away. Um, no, made, no, no it, it's a it's a good question, and that is one thing where the Chiefs have one thing that it seems like people are concerned a little bit about losing certain names that have just gotten a lot of snaps. And Robinson's performance this year wasn't at the same level that it had been at previous years. And then maybe that was an opportunity issue. I don't know. Um, but Pringle kind of surpassed him. And guys like him and Sorensen, you, you, people think of trimming the fat in terms of salary cap alone. I disagree. I think of it in terms of snap counts as well. Like when you've got guys that are getting the default nod, that's bad. 
And that's one reason why, you know, the Armani Watts not playing drove me crazy just to like, let's just see, because it felt like a default decision, right? So I do think this is the off season to do it. Um, but I also think that we've now seen the roster construction for the last four years. And I'm not sure why I would necessarily expect something drastically different from a from a preference uh, for their guys, right? Because that that's something that they've clearly preferred in previous years is their guys that know the system and all that stuff. I personally think an infusion of some new stuff would be would be good. And by and large, they're set on offense. I mean, Veach he practically said it. Yes. It's like, ah, you know, we're pretty set. Now, they've, they've also been pretty honest about their pursuit of another wide receiver. But beyond that, they, they, they need to get some – and that's where Robinson falls into play. They need to get a few less default snaps for guys out there on both sides of the ball. So I would hope this would be the offseason they choose to do it. I, I am good to play a little rapid fire. I'm just going to throw a question at one of you and let you hit it and, and try to get it through a few more at the end here. If one of you absolutely must jump in, you you are allowed. Yes. Does that work for you guys? From uh, from Joe Moore, last year the big surprise was releasing both tackles. If there's a surprise that no one sees coming this year, what would it be? Mm, great question, Joe. Uh, a, a move that nobody sees coming? That's That would involve a trade, in my opinion. I... In terms of the roster right now, I don't know if things would be necessarily surprising. Um, and tell me if I'm different, guys. But I would actually assume that this offseason is a is an offseason where trading would be a bit of a gamble. Now, Veach mentioned because of Ryan Poles being hired by the Bears as their new general manager, the Chiefs do receive an additional third-round pick. Nice. Um, you know, Clark Hunt will tell you, just get me another young player for our team. But I would be somewhat surprised, whereas last year and in previous years, in, in, like in 19, it was like, oh, they're going to make a move. Like, they know we just made it to the AC Championship the first time. We got to go for it. Um, in 20, they were a little bit more cautious because that's what was necessary at the time, especially with the cap kind of being the way it is. Last year, they were back to, holy smokes, we got to get offensive line. So making a trade was reasonable. This year, I feel like it would be a surprise if they made a blockbuster trade. Um, let that sit. Let that sit. I would second. just, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't be that surprised, but I think people would be. Uh, let's say a surprise that they don't bring back Tyron Matthew, which at this point doesn't feel like as much of a surprise. Um, the other thing would be like a, a trade of some sort, yeah. Um, but I don't know who they would trade. Honestly. Maybe, actually, maybe the surprise is you, you get a slightly less than you thought in terms of an extension with. Orlando Brown because he just likes it and he understands the team concept um, because he knows he's going to be making money for the next eight to ten years as a left tackle. Uh, so maybe he gives you a, a slightly like not top of the market. I mean, he's not going to make Trent Williams money, but it could be close. Uh, so maybe it's a little less than you thought. And they actually signed Tyron Matthew to a two-year deal. And this is where it's going to get really contentious. Tyron Matthew wants four years because look at all the things I've accomplished. Mm -hmm. And there might be two years of maximum level talent left. And so, so there you go. No, I was just saying, so there you go. Um, 
think about it from either side of the negotiation. Hey, we love you. We said we love you. We're not going to franchise tag you because that costs too much. You are 30, and so how about a two-year deal? How about a four-year deal? How about a two-year deal? How about a three-year deal with an option? How about a two-year deal? Just keep talking to yourself, and mm. that doesn't even include the numbers of the actual deal. Uh, Seth, I'll kick this into you from Jonathan Weird. Does this loss even rank in the top five most painful playoff losses in Chiefs yeah. history? Um, not for me, simply because there's so much hope for next year. Um, I think in the moment, it's pretty painful just because of everything that was at stake. You know, a Super Bowl berth is more, you know, there's just more at stake there. It's not nearly as painful to me as the as the 2018 AFC Championship loss, um, because I didn't know, because, you know, they hadn't won a Super Bowl. Right. So, um... The, the most painful Chiefs postseason loss in the history of their franchise, in my opinion. And you can look this up on YouTube, and it'll take me all the way back, children. It's 1995. It's a 13-3 team that had no business being 13-3. But yet you somehow lost to the Colts, who scored 10 points on an ice-frozen field. Good in, lord. In your building. And, and so that's so that's the, the, the difference, is that there's hope here. In terms of the way it actually went down, yes, it's top five worst. In terms of how it affected me, no. I well, so here my answer is from uh, the, the, the display name here is Duck Duck Goots. Makes me very happy. Uh, they they said they asked really, how do I like keep going? What is life? What do I do on weekends? Do I have to talk to my oh. family now? Uh, and my addition to your guys' thing there would just be that this one I think sucks a unique amount because they blew it. Like this was a team that was that was ultimately supposed to be there, was there at halftime, but but and blew it. But, but so that but, but that Steve Bono threw interceptions of the rarest kind soul sucking and never had a chance when it left his hands just and look there's a reason the kicker's name is is no longer mentioned okay like i just want to take people back to 1995 and that was at the height of the marty schoenheimer era yes they blew it but like Come on, you've seen Chiefs blowouts or Chiefs collapses, excuse me, in the postseason. I don't know. Just personally, there'll be nothing like 1995 because that was the last chance Derek Thomas had to make it to a Super Bowl. Um, and they would have hosted the AFC Championship game. And so Steve Bono threw three picks. And yes, sir, I know of a certain age, they substituted Rich Cannon in, which created a whole nother issue <laughs> for like three more years. <laughs> Who, by the way, I think he hit Lockett in the end zone, and Lockett just couldn't quite couldn't quite bring it down. So there we go. Marty Schottenheimer. Let's kick the game time field goal. Whoa, we missed it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got two quick ones here. We, we've covered a lot of ground that some of these questions have asked, and uh, we're just not going to get to all of them. We got a lot of tweets today. Thank Thanks you. everyone for doing that. Sorry that I th- sorry for that we took a bigger bite than we were going to be able to chew. That's kind of our <laughs> brand. Um, but but from Kai, how has your view of Mahomes's legacy and the future of the Chiefs in the next fifteen plus years changed? I, I know the answer. I think I know Seth's answer, and I'm curious for Nate. So I'll um, give you mine also. You know, it did dawn on me when I when they lost Sunday that. The last time a team in the AFC championship game came back from an 18-point lead was one of my favorite championship games of all time. It was the 2006 Colts versus Patriots, where the Patriots got up 21-3, to and then the Colts systematically came back. Um, obviously, that was with Peyton Manning at the time, but like, let's not forget that happened to Tom Brady, okay? 
Tom Brady has mm-hmm. some horrific playoff losses. Now, are they all on him? Of course not. I mean, he was throwing, he was throwing the ball to Javar Gaffney. So maybe that's a little different. But I do get the sense of, like, if you watch Man in the Arena, which I've, I guess, promoted to some extent, um, it really does take you through, like, a legitimate understanding of, like, playoff games are really hard. And this doesn't change anything in my eyes about Patrick Mahomes' legacy other than he paid Manny. He Tom Brady. Like, he... I think he's probably better than Drew Brees. Now, Aaron Rodgers would say the same thing, and he only got one, so I get it. But, like, it really doesn't change anything other than, hey, they they found a team that actually was able to, like, hang with them being down by that much. Um, And that sort of speaks to, you know, the the appreciation that we should all have for the Cincinnati Bengals. But it doesn't change anything. I just want to remind people that, like, Tom Brady got, like, a team led by Tom Brady, maybe I should say, got – Caught on an 18-point lead, got ran over by the Ravens in at home, uh, mm. got strip-sacked when you could not get strip-sacked in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, like, there have been times in even Tom Brady's career, because he the GOAT, as of now, that you just have to be like, wow, the season ended that way? And that's sort of the same feeling I think Chiefs fans need to come to terms with, of like, wow, the season ended that way? Sometimes the season ends that way. Yeah, I, think, I, I'm I with Nate on this. Tom Brady didn't become even really talked about as the GOAT until like year 19 of his career. <laughs> and so I think me. Which was actually. Yeah, 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 no joke. Believe it or and, not. And, and look, he's earned it. But like before that, like after his first three Super Bowl wins, which man, awesome, awesome. He proceeded to have a second Hall of Fame career. And so that that's great, and no one should expect any other quarterback to do that. That kind of longevity, it's absurd. Yes. No one's ever done anything close to it. Um, also, Tom Brady, th- a, a team led by Tom Brady, lost to the Denver Broncos because they yeah. could not get a two-point conversion. Right. Because, they, we, because the two-point he, conversion play was awful. <laughs> and he had, he had some horrific losses. And that's what happens, and this is what people need to understand. This is life as a perennial Super Bowl contender. You're going to have some horrific mm-hmm. losses because every year you were playing one of the best four teams in the NFL. Yep. Every year at the end of the season. And that means you're on a razor's edge all the time, and all it takes is an out-of-character performance from your QB or guys not throwing the not, – not catching the ball – or some injuries, or whatever. And so get used to it. Tom Brady, that's one thing that bothered me in my mentions. Like, Tom Brady never loses that game. He literally did. Yes. It actually happened, happened to him. And, and that's the and thing. It, and, 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 like, I, and did that loss occur in regulation? I don't think that loss occurred in overtime, if my memory is correct. Yeah, I, I believe it was in regulation. And so they have had some horrific losses. They've had playoff losses where their offense, under Tom Brady, couldn't do jack or squat. He wasn't even remotely, he wasn't considered the GOAT. A lot of people still considered Manning better than him, even after those three Super Bowls, because those Super Bowls, those first three, were all about that defense. Yep. And everyone knew it. And so my point isn't to besmirch Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. My point is that it wasn't until we were about 18 years into his career that that conversation really got going. And so maybe let's wait until longer than four years into Mahomes' career as a starter. And and does it bug me because it was a chance at him to keep chipping away at that? Absolutely. Does he Is he going to have another dozen chances at least? I think so, yeah. Here's, here's my slight twist on that because I think I agree with everything you guys said. But the the two little things that it does for me is one is it it does 
make it hard for his career to start with something genuinely unprecedented because that was the path out of the gate. And now you start to look around and go, there's still, he, he absolutely could still do some unprecedented winning in his first mm-hmm. 10 years, but maybe not in his first right. four now, right? Mm-hmm. The only, and the other thing, and I'm not saying this is again, super duper relevant, but I think we're going to spend a lot more time talking about what the Packers did wrong. Or the, or, or the Seahawks. And, and, Don't forget about the Seahawks. Or the Seahawks yep. with Russell Wilson. And to some extent, the Colts with Peyton Manning and, and the Saints with Drew Brees. Like, the, these are these were not places that won multiple Super Bowls with these guys. And so I, I think that that's just going to change our conversation a little bit, where instead of it being the, like, surefire there's going to be three or four or five, you know, just within the Andy Reid section of the Patrick Mahomes era. I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a ghost in the corner. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it shouldn't be there. If you totally. get, your guys is logic saying, I eh, don't no, worry about that. No, I think it's totally fair. Every point it, here is completely fair and reasonable um, with the understanding of, of just the context of the league. No, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, not to, not to think, not to have people think this way, but if they don't win the next two years, Josh's point becomes more and more relevant. Yeah, and I think they probably will. I mean, probably is a hard word, though, because no one's probable to win a Super Bowl because only Correct. one team gets to do it. And that's what makes the NFL, you know, an absolute <laughs> roller coaster. There you have it. There you go. Sorry we didn't get to more questions. We got to a decent number. I don't feel terrible about it. And we're going to rely on those for a good chunk of our offseason coverage as well. Uh, so we will uh, – I don't know when our next episode will be, but it won't be a terribly, terribly long time. You can read Seth's piece on Patrick Mahomes' game in the AFC Championship game up on mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Nate's work, of course, on The Athletic. I don't know if you have anything in particular you want to tease up next, Nate, but uh, or Seth, if you have anything you want to send us out with, but I am done. You guys can wrap us up. Go ahead, Seth. All right. Um, I, I've now written a couple things about that game, and now it's time to kind of move ahead. I might take a break for a couple days, but the biggest thing for me is to kind of the what now. And, and every year I do a If I Were Brett Veach series, trying to cover each phase of the offseason. And then what's really fun about that is you get to write it multiple times because – you you say if I were Brett Veach and you know with free agency and then with the draft, but then free agency alters the draft and so you're like, well, never mind. What I mean, I would do, <laughs> and that's a lot of fun. I, I plan on writing a little bit about the salary caps and things that I think they should do. Um, and then one things I I've got at least what I try to do is I do at least three or four really big film reviews in the off season where I take a player and I review at least half of his games on the season. This year, one for sure I'm going to do, and I want to do early because it matters, is Orlando Brown. Um, and so I'm really excited about that one. And we're just going to kind of keep trucking away at the Chief of the North. Uh, people, I was curious how people would react, and people are still reading and commenting and subscribing in, in bigger numbers than I ever thought possible, and I appreciate it. And so with you guys supporting me, I'm going to keep writing. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, but just don't don't be taking that two day break. You can't. That's not a lot. Sorry. Um, I'll, I'll end it with this. I think Karen uh, Frankie asked it the, the 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 most polite way, and I appreciate you, Karen. Uh, why does EB keep getting overlooked? Also, NFL finds Hill for celebrations, and yet <laughs> they were the main thing when they were promoting the AFC game. Karen, God bless you. Uh, as for the first one, because the heel thing is hypocritical, and we can just all leave that there. Why do NFL teams keep overlooking Eric Bieniemy? Because some of these owners ain't Clark Hunt, and uh, you know they can choose who they want, and that's totally their prerogative. 
Eric Bietemi will get an opportunity, we assume, at some point in time. But hey, the owners who are hiring head coaches, I would not put them in the Clark Hunt category. So just know, ladies and gentlemen, the team you root for has Patrick Mahomes and also a team owner like Clark Hunt, which is like better than two things.